Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, a man happy this isn't a visual medium because his hair looks fucked up, Lavender Gooms. I think his hair looks great, first of all. Well, guys, if you guys didn't know, just this past week, the Senate unanimously and what does that mean not one dissenting vote voted to make daylight saving permanent which means i'm not the only one that thinks it's pretty awesome mike assuming anybody remembers anything we said last week we have very devoted fans bobby oh, they fuck, they'd have to be everything they'd have say. to be bad damn <laughs> they're listening to us salute to you and send us some money Okay, well, let's not. We, okay, well, if you must, yes, yeah, send us some money. Uh, you know. If you're listening, you're, you're doing enough. You're, you're doing God's work, so <laughs> you have to send us money too, my Jesus. Um, all right, boys and girls, we had a UFC fight night, which proved, hey, if we need eighteen thousand people to show up, maybe we'll put on better fights. They did. Um, excellent card this past weekend in the O2 Arena in London. Um, some of us, uh, me. Thought that the English fighters would ride that wave to, you know, victory in number of fights. Others, <clears throat> Mike, were just wrong. Real, real wrong. Um, but honestly, uh, kidding aside, um, we learned a lot of things about some young guys in these weight classes. Um, notably, a man who I saw some people saying was doing a Frank Mir impersonation, um, which might be a little reductive. Uh, Tom Aspinall. Uh, Marcus? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember how many of us picked Aspinall. This isn't just me shit-talking Mike. No, it was just you. It was okay. just you. Um, but I think it's because we all recognize still Volkov's a very good fighter. Volkov's a very talented fighter. He's been in this weight class a while. It takes a lot to take him out. He's had like 50 pro fights. Um, Tom Aspinall treated him like a white belt out there. That was not close. Uh, what did you th- see from the, the young English um, prospect? Yeah, I mean... I- I picked Volkov not because I also I, I think he has a high skill level and is a very technical fighter, um, but also because I was I don't I didn't know much about Tom. You know, for me in this fight, this was Tom's big coming out part, and I think for a lot of UFC fans, that was, that was probably the case. There, like we've mentioned every week, there are so many cards. I don't know if Tom has been on a main card of a pay per view or has really gotten much of a spotlight at all because he pretty much you know as far as I was concerned, it was a, a new asset that I have not really seen much footage on. Um, so this was a fantastic look for me. Uh, I'm very impressed with what the, what he was able to pull off. Um, not only on the ground where he shined and was able to submit uh, Volkov within you know under four minutes at 3:45 with a straight armbar, which is a very when we say straight armbar, I mean you're gonna think of the traditional armbar from the top or bottom guard. Yeah, Bob. I was gonna ask because I was like straight armbar. I thought he was going Americana. At first, but was it not that? Because Americana is more bent, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kimura and Marikonas are bending the basically their shoulder locks. Um, and and this was the hyperextending of the uh, elbow. They they call it a straight armbar. It, it's it's a unique submission. You don't see a lot in high level MMA um, because it, it, it's hard to lock in. Essentially, there's you can kind of wiggle your arm around and get that um, elbow off the focal point and not be able to get it hyperextended and finish that submission. That is one that you can kind of wiggle out. And I think, you know, early on in the fight is probably where you're going to have your best traction to get it, whether or not super uh, sweaty and slippery yet. Um, but it also just seemed like Tom was just on top of his game. You know, I think outside of this submission itself, which was very impressive. What I was more impressive with was how he got that takedown uh, before that submission where he basically slipped a punch and then went in for the trip takedown. It was super smooth. What we saw to Tom was a young, athletic, explosive, technical fighter. And that's a lot of nuances to have in the heavyweight division to make you extremely fearsome and, and going to cause a lot of problems for fighters. You know, and like I was talking, Volkov, we've seen time and time again, be a very technical striker able to fight on the outside there was a lot of stuff in this fight he was doing that i was i was very impressed with you know he was going to the liver a lot a lot of uh, hooks to the liver he was doing these inside leg kick to uh body kick combination a couple times he looked on point and and tom really played played into his game and showed him that you know he's just as technical if not more technical on the stand-up and obviously the ground game was at another level you know to finish with that submission too um really shows you that he has that flexibility and like you said if people want to kind of talk about him being you know looking like and and fighting somewhat like frank mir i mean there's some you know similarities there because he basically went from a kimura setup into the straight arm bar chaining submission attempts very um, aggressive was able top to finish game. it it's a very aggressive top game you don't yeah. really see a lot of a heavyweight mma in general with grappling um first yeah. time by the way volkov has been submitted in 12 years He's only been tapped out three times in MMA. Twelve years ago was the last time it happened when it was in his. Uh, I was just looking at it. Damn, it was in his fight? ninth fight in M. It was oh, M1. Never mind. Ninth fight. He never tapped out in Bellator. He's got ten losses. Three of them are by submission. Mike, go ahead. Oh no! I was actually trying to do the uh, the standings, so I was kind of just pointing at the computer screen. Mm. Way to go! Okay. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, that was a big win for him. He called out Tai Tuivasa. I don't know if I like that, only because I know this sounds maybe ridiculous to some people, but we got a contender in Tai in Tuivasa also. I think he's won four or five straight. At least four, I think. I'd rather they don't fight each other. Um, Marcus, uh, I can't tell if you're still there. It looks kind of frozen. little frozen. Mike, I'll go to you. Either that or he's working on his blue steel. I'm going to need you to re-ask that question because I was busy still yeah. doing the standings. Toy Toy Voss, <laughs> Tai Toy Voss is who uh, Aspinall called out. What do you think about that? I'm not sure I like it just because I think they're both prospects on the come up here, and I'm not sure I want that fight to... Yeah, I, I would agree. We don't want to see prospects eating each other up. Uh, we always go back to when Cody Garbrandt was facing... Damn, who was that Mexican dude? Um, Almeida Almeida uh, it would have been great to see them go on different trajectories where one of them could have gotten the title shot after the other if uh, they had served it upright um, I think they're both on the come up I, I also think that Tui Vasa is either should be either in line for the next title shot 
or one fight away whereas Aspinall, I think, is still a little further back. So I also don't think they're on the same trajectory as well um, when it comes to being a prospect. I think Ty is a little further along. Well, yeah, Ty's number three ranked right now. Volkov was number six going into this, and Aspinall was 11. You got to think that Aspinall is going to be right up there, maybe six, seven. Um, I like maybe Biggie Boy, who's ranked seven right now, is an interesting fight. Yeah. That'd be um, a good fight. Maybe the how is Chris Dalkus ranked eight above him? What the hell? Didn't didn't he just didn't wasn't his last fight the the loss to Derek Lewis to Derek Lewis? Yeah, he's, yeah, fight, right? he's fighting again this weekend. He's the main event of this card. So, um, I think I think Biggie Boy versus Aspinall is a good next fight for the both of them, and I also think that would be a another good main event for for a fighting or let's say an espn card as well um give them give them the spotlight again really highlight who could be the next contender at heavyweight do we leave them do we do we leave this and do we do it in london again do we do it in the uk again if we can because that was that was a hot crowd it was but how often does the ufc go to london first Um, first time in three years even in a year yeah like not even in a year but you know although this could be because of of COVID for the most part. Yeah, I think they were going once. Or, I think they're going once or twice a year, maybe. Before that, I think. Um, and also, we have a lot of guys we're about to mention here. The quality of their talent pool they've gotten out of the UK. All this young talent they have doing making big wins. Um, Mark, do me a yeah, favor. Man, see if you can call I, Mark. I, I think the the UK. Can you guys not see me? No. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah, you're you're frozen. Yeah. You have a beautiful still image. Um, yeah, turn off your, your camera and turn it back on. Oh, there right we now. go. Now you're back. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Um, Arnold Allen. I'll, okay, I'm going to be honest. Did anybody here know that Arnold Allen had won eight fights? Or one, sorry. In the UFC, did they know Arnold Allen? Anybody know Arnold Allen had won uh, eight fights in a row? Yes. Did you know, honestly? No. Yeah. No. Okay. Mark, you I have mean, any idea? W- we might have looked it up yesterday. Like but did you know, I mean, honestly, we before did... we looked it up, did you have any idea in the back of your head? This guy's oh, like, no, eight no, no, not drink? before we looked it up, but when we made our um, picks. Ar- Arnold Allen, someone I like a lot of bit. I had no idea. Arnold Allen is on a ten fight. Was on a ten fight win streak overall. Eight fights in the UFC going into this, and uh, he's fighting once a year. Got into this fight with Dan Hooker, um, and I'm not sure if Arnold realized it was nut cutting time because if you go nine straight wins in a weight class. And nobody's talking about you getting a title shot is a real problem because he fought very different than he normally does. A lot of decisions in the way Arnold fights, quite frankly. More, um, not a lot of finishes. Um, Marcus, these motherfuckers have started throwing heat. Like this got wild. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I don't want to take any way anything away from from Arnold because he had a fantastic performance. But a lot of my takeaways were just quickly. You could tell Dan just didn't look right in this fight. Um, he was basically getting in the pocket. And not utilizing his jab, not us- utilizing his straights. The the strikes he was throwing out were kind of slow, and they look like they're kind of like measuring distance. But like he's standing right in the pocket with this guy and just throwing little like tappy jabs and straights, trying to you know trying to say like, oh, how is he going to react? And Arnold stood right in that pocket and started blasting him. And even then, Dan didn't really do much. He stayed in the pocket, you know. And, and to his credit, he did throw back and he did catch Arnold in their first big exchange. But at the end of it, you know, he probably got tagged five times to the one shot he landed. Um, And then going forward, you know, throughout the rest of the match, 
he really didn't make those adjustments from a guy who was getting hurt, um, who needed to tie up and change the landscape of the fight. He kind of just I hate him at this weight class. I don't like it. I sent you guys a picture of his weigh-in folks picture. Um, it was bad. He looks like he's bodybuilding. Like that was very dehydrated. Um, he is. I think he's six foot one, maybe. Mm-hmm. At, at the, at, no, so he's six foot tall. That is too tall for 145 pounds, man. Like. I don't. I think he's really playing with fire here, trying to do this. I know, like, he he ran into a roadblock at 155, and he thinks this is his path to a title. But I mean, he was losing to Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier and Islam Makachev. That's. I mean, what what I would say to that is that I don't really. I mean, look, I I care to some degree how they look on the scale. Proof's in the pudding. Like, if if he looked bad on the scale but performed well, we've seen Jose Aldo at 135 look kind of you know actually he's, he's been cutting better so he hasn't been looking quite as drawn out but we've seen guys that have drawn out and are able to rehydrate and perform well um but that was if he shouldn't be at 145 i don't think it has much to do with the weight cutting though it probably was hard and it probably affect his performance proof's in the pudding he looked bad in this fight he looked flat out bad you know he looked slow weak and got dominated. So, you know, I don't think there's a better case for someone not fighting that division than than that. You you know, think, and maybe he, at the end of the day, he'll be like, it was a bad weight cut. Everything was He's wrong. taken a lot of damage, too. Yeah. Some of these fights, like, that Poirier fight was a lot of damage. That Felder fight. Like, the way his style is, you're getting hit. And there were some rough ones there, 155. I don't know. He's 33 fights into his career. He's only 32. I'm by no means saying this man's done or anything, but I he might want to like take a reset here, you know, like let's take a step back and try to reassess a bit here what's going on because he needs to go back to 155 and maybe fight some guys. I know it's a 155 is a Shark Tank, but Mike, I'm thinking this guy needs to fight like someone around 15, maybe someone you know. Let's he's lost four or five. Let's get some. Let's get him, you know, some manageable yeah, some- fights. Yeah, sometimes it's not the worst idea to just fight lesser opponents and and retool a bit. But that's also not the USC's mo for. Well, they asked Dana what do you, what, should, what should he do? The forty five fifty five. He said Dan can do whatever he wants. Dan's um, he, whatever he whatever weight class he wants to. He says he came into this fight. Dana was like, this guy got in a firefight and he got knocked out. He wasn't looking very good though. And also, Arnold Allen doesn't knock people out. I love Arnold yeah. Allen. Arnold Allen is eighteen wins. He's got six knockouts. And like all those are before he got to the UFC. Yeah, well, you let's know. also remember that Dana White, if you get knocked out, but you go out in an entertaining fashion, he's going to like you a bit yeah, more. you got a job for someone life. Someone who's on a normal four-fight losing streak or three-fight yeah, losing streak. You got a job for life, apparently. Um, big win for Arnold Allen, who came into this fight ranked, despite those all those wins in a row, only ranked uh, number seven. He just beat number whatever at number what was what was he ranked? Dan Hooker was eight at lightweight. Um, honestly, Mark, he's got a he should be one away, right? Like you, I know it's that's nine straight. He beats Ortega, Yair, Max, well, Zombie. He, he called out. Guys. He he called out Calvin Cater, which I thought was an. I interesting. mean, that's number five. I mean, I'm not sure he gets it off of Calvin. That'd be a good fight, though. I think that'd be an exciting mm-hmm. fight, him and Calvin. Um, do you think, I mean, how do you say no to a guy? I mean, this is the UFC. You can, 
I guess it depends how he looks against Calvin Cater too. You know, if he puts sure. a stamp yeah. on it. I mean, I I thought that was an interesting call out. It was yeah, it wouldn't re- necessarily be like my number one interesting fight. I mean, I, I like uh, Cater too, and I think stylistically they, they could match up. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone in that realm, you know, and then it really just depends on who wins the title. You know, he has to win that fight, right? If he loses to Calvin, obviously that doesn't happen. Then, you know, if somehow Korean Zombie wins the fight, you know, it kind of opens up the whole field again. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, I think, Alexander, that fight yeah, I think it's like the next big pay-per-view. But I mean, Alexander is probably going to win that fight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting it was an interesting call out. It definitely wasn't like the top name. That was coming to my mind, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you picked the guy to top five. You literally picked number five. He called so. someone out, you know. So I mean, and he looked good in this fight. So I, I don't see why. I think Yair would have been fun too. Yair would have been a fun one. This that whole weight class too. is yeah. it's like fifty five, and everything is a fun fight. Um, we while you were disconnected, Mike and I were talking. We weren't big on Tuivasa as um next opponent for Aspinall, mm-hmm. only because I thought I didn't really like the idea of two guys who are like on win streaks. Like, yeah, let's I keep it away say, from each other. Fuck, why the fuck would Tom care? Tom no, no, I know. I'm, I'm, like I mean, for the UFC booking. And shit. He's like, no, no, I'm also fight. like, Ty is three. And the Ty's right. Ty's one away. Honestly. Right. Right. Why not call him out? No, no. I, I, I mean, I don't mean why for what not he did. call Ty out, who probably has the lowest skill set outside I, of like him I and Derek Lewis. We, we were referring more to uh, UFC's, the UFC's, match, UFC's point of view. Like, I, sure, I mean, no, sure, I was sure, very. Sure. He should have called out the fucking champion if we're going with that logic. Um, I thought maybe the Biggie Boy, who's ranked like seven, would be a good fight for him. I think he could go through the Biggie Boy, too. To be honest, but I don't know. Anyway, um, Patty the Batty, um, Patty the Batty got 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 stung with one a little bit. You know, he got hit by Vargas. Took care of business. Got a rear naked choke. Uh, Molly McGann, who won. Well, I'm going to try to loop these together a little bit because Molly McGann won with that spinning back elbow in the third round. <clears throat> Pardon me. Fucking amazing knockout. Uh, she said that's the type of knockout you dream about. Very much. Early contender for fight of the year, for knockout of the year. I really just liked when she got in the cage with him. I enjoyed the teammates coming together and celebrating, Mark. That was really cool. Um, I don't think anybody thinks Molly McGann's going to be a champion, but maybe not with Patty DeBat either. But the UFC's got an opportunity with this kid, right? Like, marketing-wise. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I feel like his biggest hurdle is going to be that he's extremely skilled. Um, it's not always the most flashy. You know, he's had two fights. He's had a knockout and a submission. And they're both good fights, but they he doesn't kind of have that aura that, um, you know, Conor McGregor had. You know, he has holes in his game. And, and they've been exploited to some degree, but no one's been able to capitalize on them. And it's mostly because, you know, the opposition he's been facing hasn't really quite been that high level. Um, but overall, Patty is a interesting, charismatic person that, you know, whether he gets a title or not, I think will be an interesting character and can, you know, definitely garner some fans. You know, it, it remains to be seen if he's going to be of, you know, title contention, especially at this weight class where it's. He's got to fight all. some people. That's, I mean, I know he's only two fights in, but I don't know what these people yeah. are. Like, Mike, Mike what, what, what you got? What do you got? Yeah. So, in regards to Bobby's question on the UFC or comment on the UFC doing something, particularly with, uh, with Patty the Batty. Uh, I think a blind stop spot that we don't realize is that he's actually pretty popular with a lot of younger people, mainly from his uh, sponsorship from from Barstool Sports, where mm. the the office I work at, which is a bunch of twenty something males, a lot of them were talking to me about, oh, Patty's fighting. No, there was a lot of fanfare behind this guy. Yeah, and I knew that. I'm wondering how the fuck do you guys know about Patty Pimblet? He has right. like two fights in the UFC, 
and it came from there. So if they're smart, they they utilize this. I don't know if he'll ever be champion. I mean, he's 27 and he still has a lot of flaws in his game, but you know, it could be a U a, a star that the UFC can. You know what? You, you, I mean, he could just be a contender. He goes with these UK cards. He sells out the building, maybe. You know, you know they don't have to be champions, but he can be. He could be a star for them. Um, and I re- I just really liked the moment with Molly McGann. That was pretty cool. I like Molly's nickname too, Meatball. That's just a fun nickname, Meatball Molly. Um, Patty almost got in a fight with Ela uh, Tapuria. I don't know why right. earlier in the week. But Elo won by knockout also. I'll just have them fight each other. Whatever. Why not, huh? Yeah, I guess Patty turned that one down. I guess in the interview after uh. Bisbing mentioned it or something, and he's like, I don't want to fight that guy. And it was kind of like, all right. And I and I heard I heard some criticism like, oh, you know, Connor wouldn't turn down a fight. But I mean, I don't know. Well, Patty, someone was saying Patty fought better opponents in Cage Warriors, people are saying, than he has so far in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's fought more credible opponents. Uh, yeah, I, I think he needs at this point, you know, we've tested the waters. We know that he's game enough to beat these type of oppositions. The guys that are kind of fluttering that haven't really found, you know, strong footing in the UFC. I think it's time for him to fight someone with name value and and a name that just popped into my head, like Bobby green, I think would be a good fight. Right. I mean, I think there's at 55, that's a tough fight. You can just pull names out of anywhere and and, and pick up a good fight. Um, That's just one that's sprung to my head, but someone of name value that isn't, you know, maybe not even in the top 15, um, just to get him more exposure. But like Mike said, you know, it looks like he's generating popularity and a fan base in realms that maybe, you know, personally, I don't, I don't really far follow Barstool. Um, but obviously, you know, he's popular in and of his own right because of his charisma, but also because yeah, they, they were all over like him, a fan uh, base. on the Mac. If show today, talking about how Dana must be thrilled right. about having a star like him. And they always want, you know, you want stars from different parts of the world, you know, they fucking UFC rode Michael Bisping to how many of these fucking English cars with him at the main event, you know? Right. Like, that was, he was him. He was the entire UK UFC representative, it felt like, for a while, you know? And then, you know, sprouted out into all this eventually. Um, good to see Gunnar Nelson back. Not the most exciting fight, but the guy hasn't fought in two years, Mark. And I still think Gunnar Nelson's a very talented fighter. And if he can get back on track, he's not saying he's going to be champion, but, you know, low end of the top 10. If he can, yeah, you know, get no, back on track. It, 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 it was not a super entertaining fight mostly because he was able to get back control basically every round that i watched um gunner doesn't give really... a fuck if you're having bored if you're bored watching his fight it's become abundantly clear yeah which is unfortunate you know in the stand-up he, he was able to land some clean shots but it was mostly just him getting sato's back and just completely controlling and nullifying him there which is you know all well and good um it doesn't really say much about you know whether this is going to be like a, a solid second run or nothing we'll have to get him against you know top opposition but it was a good return fight after two years off get back in the octagon get some of the ring rust yeah, out still you a know, young guy five, three yeah three hard rounds so yeah not bad um i still I do like- still only 33 years old for gunner nelson yeah and he's a young cat one thing i learned about him over the weekend that makes me like him even more not the fact that he's with sbg ireland but do you guys know the name of his previous team he was with what mjolnir no, no, that's fun. No, that's that's, that's cool. fun. I think it's his pops' team, actually. I think I like that's his. Damn, he left his dad. No, I don't think he actually left. I think he like trains in both places. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, he does. That was uh oh. We, since we picked the fight, Paul Craig, man, he finds a way. Marcus triangle choke off bottom. Paul Craig easily has the most triangle choke wins ever in the UFC. Right, it has to be. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think there's some similarities between that fight and the Patty fight where both guys kind of got a little overconfident um, fighting in the other guy's kind of realm. You know, with Patty's fight with Vargas, we didn't do a real big breakdown. Vargas was able to tag him early, yeah. and then Patty went for the takedown, pulled guard, and then once Vargas was on top, it kind of seemed like he's like, oh, I can do this. I like being on top and controlling. And once Patty got up, he's like, I'll fight you in the clinch. I got you pushed up against. And then Patty was able to turn the tables and things went poorly for Vargas very quickly. Um, for Krylov, it was kind of not the exact opposite, but Krylov got on top, top and just started smashing Craig, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Craig. Like he was doing good ground and pound. And he kind of stuck around there a little too long, right? He was just, he was throwing those limbs out. He was doing big stretchy punches. He was landing. And then one, you know, one punch, Paul Craig was able to slip on the bottom, instantly got that triangle in and, and closed the show like he's done many times before. So it's definitely one of those instances of like, you have to know your opponent's strength. And sometimes even if you're in there and, and you're winning the matchup there, you have to know like, you know what, this is just, I'm playing Oh. Okay. Mike, you still there? I think I cut off for a second. I think we all cut off for a second. Mark, you back? <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, I definitely froze for a sec. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is going to be a good one to edit later. Okay. Um, You were saying, though? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. D- just that Krylov was basically, he was playing with fire. And, you know, he thought he was getting the best of it. Didn't realize, you know, how far down that match was getting to the skin and he got burned. You know, he shouldn't have been playing around in the guard. Even if he's doing good work there, he should have realized like, you know, this can go poorly for me quickly. He did not realize that until the legs were around the throat and he was tapping for mommy. Yep. Uh, Paul Craig, Mark and I picked that one right. If we, if you'd asked us how to pick Paul Craig was going to win this fight, we would have said, well, by triangle choke? Because that's how Paul and Craig wins fights. Also, shout out to Bobby 5-0 and last week. Look, I told yeah. you, I got behind. The English dudes are going to just fucking ride the momentum all the way down, man. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, hell of a card. Fucking crowd was into it. Um, I think Dana White mentioned um, this would have been a really good pay-per-view if he'd put like Usman and Edwards on top of it. And I was like, yeah, that would have been cool. That would that have been real cool. Um UFC's back next week in that in another real arena. This it's just it's strange, Mark. The fights get better when they put them in a real arena, huh? You can't just sell tickets uh, to to thirty person apex. Um, yeah. Even though this main event next week is all sorts of questionable. All these people yeah, thought all these. In fairness, they all thought they were getting uh, Yuri, or not Yuri. They thought they were getting um, Blockowitz and Rakic. Yeah, which, which would have been a banger right there. Yeah, which um, is really cool. It seemed like a lot of fights kind of fell through on this one, including the one that I told us not to pick. <laughs> so, did we just lose that one? Uh, I mean, I see it, uh, at least you know on my very reliable Google search. Uh, it does say that Nate fight is off. Yeah, I see it's but going I didn't know who on. It was anyway, uh, so. It's not even listed on Wikipedia. Is Neil Magny really fighting on this card too? Just on the undercard? Did I just notice this? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it seems like he might be the main for the undercard, which the undercard still Did has. Neil Ma- what story. happened to Neil Magny? Wasn't he like on a run? What happened? Maybe. Maybe. No, he's on a one-fight win streak. I don't know. I, I, You know, I'm a big Neil Magny, Mark. Um, all right, we'll talk about that card in a minute here. We got some news. Uh, apparently, Conor McGregor wants to fight for the welterweight title when he comes back. I'm just going to say this. It makes more sense than the lightweight title because he's at least fighting. These last two fights have at least have been... 
His last three fights have been 170 pounds, right? Did he fight Dustin at 170? Gaethje, I thought his the Gaethje, not the Gaethje, the uh, Poirier fights were at 55. I thought they were both at 170. Am I oh, making this maybe, up? Were they? I thought they were 55, but maybe there was a catch weight or something. I don't remember. Let me look. Now that I'm I questioning, I, I thought I was Cowboy real slick fight, with that. I think Cowboys 170. The Cowboy, Cowboy was for sure. Okay, here we go. I don't Jesus. think the, the controversy section of Conor McGregor's Wikipedia just keeps going. Well, you know, he's getting he's getting himself in a lot of controversy. Uh, those are uh, an accumulator. I think they're welterweight fights. I don't know. I can't tell. Wikipedia's not helping. Oh boy. Well, he has. You know what? He won a fight at welterweight at least. I'm sticking with that. Um, yeah. Someone type in UFC 264 weigh-ins and tell me what these dudes weighed. Um, I don't care. Whatever. There's no rhyme or reason to this. Kamar Usman can dribble Connor's head off the mat for a minute for a round if that's what it gets sales pay reviews. Right, Mark? Like, what are we doing? That's not going to go well. Like, Connor I, that does... Poirier was at lightweight. Okay. I'm wrong. Um, I don't care. Well, lightweight, 170. Kamaro's more or less cleaned up the division anyway after Leon Edwards. If he beats Leon Edwards, sure. What, what do you got for this nonsense? Yeah, I mean... It, it's silly. Um, I think the welterweight thing. I, I mean, you're right. His last fight, he did. He did beat Donald Cerrone, who's also like a lightweight. So it's kind of it's weird. And if he gets a title shot anywhere, it's going to be weird. And there's, you know, people are going to be upset about it. But especially, you know, with Usman, I don't unless there's I would only feel bad if there was somebody legitimately that has earned that shot. That as long as Leon Edwards line. doesn't get fucked, right? Leon Edwards has to get his title shot first. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if, if there's someone in that division that is like a Leon Edwards that, you know, is a fight away, he fights Wonder Boy or something, and he wins. And I don't know who that person is. I don't know if they exist. And, and that's the only reason why it's like, okay, you want to slip Connor in, and Usman gets, you know, a big payday. Connor gets potentially a chance to. And I think that that is potentially interest, interesting, even though it's completely unwarranted. If Connor becomes the first person to get three uh, titles in different weights, like he did, he was the first one to become the double champ. That would be interesting. Maybe not, you know, the most earned thing in the world. World, but I think at the same time, like when he fought Eddie Alvarez, I think that was after he beat Nate the second time at one seventy. Yeah. Like, so like it was that was that was a little weird because I don't think he'd fought at lightweight before yeah. when he fought Eddie, but it was still like whatever. It, it, it's Connor. I mean, this is, point, we're, we're so far beyond the, the fucking thing. But the only other person I'm looking right now, Vincente Luque's won four straight. If he's like, if Vincente okay. beats like Colby Covington or Gilbert Burns, or I don't know if Vincente has anything booked. He's fighting Bilal Muhammad. Okay. That's not, I mean, uh, if you, get, you know, um, Kamat. Uh, he's, he's, he's nine. Fight, but he's, but he's fighting right. Burns, right? Is he if fighting he Burns? Burns. I think okay. that's what I heard. If he puts like, it on Burns, like if he puts right. it on Burns, okay. Then, but even then, like, you know, okay, let, let's say he, he, Connor jumps over, um, uh, Shemek, uh, what's his last name, Bobby? Kazmat Shemeyev. Shemeyev. If he jumps over him, and let's say Connor wins, like that's a huge fight. Like you think he wouldn't love to have a big payday like that. And then you know, I well, think Connor's Usman's never defending this that. belt if he wins it somehow. I mean, yeah, that I mean he hasn't defended any belts he's won, so that would be a, a big change of pace for him. Um, but yeah, otherwise it, it is it, it's hokey. It's kind of dumb. It flies in the face of what the UFC has branded itself for a while, but they've been doing that for the last couple of years. So it's kind of like, you know, am I going to sit on here and, you know, get on a pedestal and be like, Oh, this is unjust and unfair when they've been doing this for years at this point. It's like, well, I'm not going to pick that battle. I get it. Connor's a huge draw. 
and, and Usman would get a big paycheck. So it's like at the end of the day, it's like you know, you know what? It'd be big. It's, it's big business. So whatever. Yeah. They they they, they want. It's over. They, they and I get Connor. Connor's basically saying like, oh, you know, Usman's not like dangerous and stuff. It's like, well, I no. Don't Connor wants a third belt. Connor wants a third belt. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, that's really it. Um, Mike, the real news, and we didn't talk about it last week. We crossed ten years of doing this podcast. Um, that's right. Uh, March March eleventh, uh, twenty twelve. Um, we missed it by two episodes because we should have probably brought it up last week. I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, but that is and- true. It's an amazing style. Us forgetting shit. That's true. <laughs> sure. Honestly, um, the first episode, the first twenty episodes, pretty unlistenable, I'd say. Um, Mike, you listened to the first episode, or at least the first ten minutes of it. I'm assuming before you gave up. Uh, no, I actually for this podcast because I'm a professional. That's what everyone always says when they talk about me and this podcast. Mike, when did you watch the fights that we reviewed? Uh, Don't worry about when I watched. Okay, they right. got watched. <laughs> they got watched. And the important parts that needed to get watched got watched. Okay, okay. why are you putting my business out there in the street, Bobby? You see, okay. that's that's why I know, that's why no one in these podcast streets talks about you, right? They only talk about me and my professionalism. Anyway, very good. So, <laughs> I'll go fuck yourself with your belt. That's right. Um, Champ is here. <laughs> so I listened to about the first half hour to forty minutes of the fifty-minute episode, and I took down some notes. Um, I had completely forgotten that we didn't have a theme song. We used to actually just find the music and no, play. That was good. I like that. Those are the fun days. Yeah, I really do miss that. So the first song we played was the Guile theme from Street Fighter Two. Oh yeah, uh, that was well, the. First how could song. you not? Yeah. Uh, considering what I talked about at the beginning of this episode, Mark, and what I went on a soliloquy last week about. It made me laugh out loud when Bobby first threw it to me and the first words out of my mouth were to wish all of us a happy daylight saving and say (laughs) it's the best or say it was amazing, something to that effect. (laughs) You love that sunlight. You mentioned it last week. You love the light. Dude, it is chef's kiss 645 and it's still daylight out. It's amazing. Um. First thing we talked about was Bellator, Pat Curran versus Joe Warren was the first fight we talked about. Were we picking it or were we saying the results? We were talking about the results. Because Pat Curran put a beating on him, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Put a beating on him. And as Bobby talked about, the first 20 episodes are very unlistenable because the only one that had done any podcasting to that point was Mark. Mark, you haven't improved very much because you are already very good. The rest of us were dog shit. Oh, dude, I, I was trying to drive that thing to it. I had no idea what I was doing. Just none. Like, I barely do now. But, like, back then, I was like, I don't know how I'm recording. This is terrible. There's probably an echo on everything. Case in yeah. point, Bobby, do you know how you start after getting through the introductions? Do you know how you started the podcast to try to steer? So, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and there was a silence for about 10 seconds and steph very helpingly i think offered with something like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that sounds fun then mark offered up bellator um Mm. speaking about how bad we were while bobby was bringing up pat curran and joe warren he said that pat curran i forget who won actually but 
one person beat the opened up a cat of whoop ass on him mm. and in very quick succession the next thing i said was to just mangle the word controversial <laughs> <laughs> Some other notes I, I I took down. I said um a lot, but that goes for the for the rest of us as well. We've uh, gotten sure. out of that. We talked over each other constantly. Our internet issues still plague us to this day. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah, this just, we really got boned today. Comcast really put a did a number on us. <laughs> the next thing I wrote down was someone was cooking in the background based on the pots I hear in in, in the background. Uh, we discussed the viability of Bellator. And as Steph put it, a niche promotion in a niche sport to which I thought, which I thought 10 years later, Bellator is still around. Yeah. And the UFC was the main reason people got ESPN plus when it was launched. So not exactly niche sport, at least on the latter part. Bellator still firmly second place. Sure. Very much. Um, what else do I got? Oh. I had a follow-up on someone was cooking in the background when I wrote someone was heating up leftovers based on the sound of a microwave. I'm guessing that was me recording from my parents' kitchen. <laughs> Could be. All right, two more two more notes. 21 minutes of the 52-minute episode you were, were about Bellator. In, you were still in Syracuse, I thought. No. Um, in at 2012? That point, 2012 i was still home i didn't go up to syracuse until march of 2013 so that was a year away um 21 minutes of the 52 minute episode were about bellator i don't think that has ever been matched that is a high watermark talking about bellator on this podcast Mm -hmm. although a lot wait how long was the podcast 52 minutes wow we're at at 37 minutes right now guys i mean just saying (laughs) And the last thing I noted was we talked about Rampage complaining about UFC pay 10 years ago. So happy 10 year anniversary, guys. 10 years, uh, 10 days late on that. Surprisingly, not a lot has changed. (laughs) Not a lot has changed. Also, looking through, because I found the episode by looking through the website. And I was going to say, how did you even find it? Oh, I just went all the way back to 2012, and then I just kept I've scrolling. I've also shared every one of these episodes with you guys, just putting it out there, but okay. <laughs> no one's checking the archives. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. No. The archive, the archive is the website, baby. Um, but one thing I looked at was I was looking at some of the articles we used to write, and I mean, not to pat each other, ourselves on the back, but I don't know. We're kind of good writers on some of these articles we used to write. Mm, yeah. I'm not great, but you guys are good. Yeah, we were... We were putting a lot of effort into those articles, and you know, and we realized no one wants to read our analysis. Once we got the podcast going, it was this web with the po- the website started in November of 2011, and honestly, the first idea was a podcast, but we just thought let's just get the ball rolling on some articles, and mm-hmm. we were writing like every one of us was writing big giant predictions for every fight, and I remember the first one we did was UFC 139, um, which was the Henderson Shogun fight, the classic, um, but yeah, it took us five months to get the podcast going. And, uh, yeah, um, the website but, still exists. It's just, it's really just, you know, no one's really trying to read anything. So, but even, even on top of that, we had some opinion piece articles as well. Uh, the headline I have for this one makes me cringe. I wrote an article on, on Ronda Rousey and how eventually the, the UFC was going to absorb Bellator and they were going to have that? to make a woman according to this, uh, by Lavender Goons. Yeah. Okay. 
there were other articles that Mark wrote on life after being cut from the UFC, which I read through that. It was a pretty good read. Mm, and I don't remember that. <laughs> apparently, we were trying to do monthly MMA rankings for oh, each God, division. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. That we was, got rid of that quick. That was woof. And we'll just we just kept shoving Ben Askren at six every time I remember. We were just oh. copying yeah. Share Dogs rankings. We and were then just we put a Bellator dude somewhere. In that's there really what it was. Fight for it. We, just, all, like, we used to do flyweight rankings, and we're like, "Who the fuck are these people?" Well, to be <laughs> fair, we we were doing rankings before the UFC was. The UFC yeah. did not have rankings when we started doing this. You, hey, know? you know what? I'm so. looking at who fill, who fulfills these UFC rankings. We are, we're, we're just as good as these people. <laughs> sure. Um, we, we really did used to write a lot. Yeah. Oh, um, Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been 10 years. Um, We're still here. Three of us, at least. Um, But you know what? Made zero dollars. We're still here, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, you know what? I was going to get nostalgic. Zero dollars. That is also inaccurate. We haven't made zero dollars. We've We've lost. We've We've lost lost money. It's been been a money sink, but it's a passion project. Exactly. Uh, It's a decade. It's a decade of doing something, which I think is correct. Commendable, <laughs> Mike. Now, now I'm slurring my words. Commendable, commendable, commend. It's very commendable of us to, yeah. you know, to, to stick with it as long as we have, and and we obviously do it because we're passionate about hey, it. Hey, man, like, and life's changed. Not to cut you off there, but like we've 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 grown personally. Like we've gone on a journey of like, you know, we bought houses. Someone's here's you know gotten married. You know. People, we've been here. You know, people gotten pets. It's just life has changed. You know, I bought a scooter. Probably. Mike bought a scooter. Who could forget? You know? <laughs> there was a uh, pandemic but, in the middle of it. Yeah, you know, we kept it going. It, yeah, it's just it, this is obviously a passion project for us, and, and hopefully, you know, the people that do listen, or you know, like Bobby mentions at the end of every show, we're so grateful. But hopefully, I would imagine the fan base that we have is here because they know we're passionate about the sport, and and and, and that's why. You know, when Steph kind of lost the passion, he was like, you know, what? I just I don't have that that desire to talk about the sport every week. So he's going to bow out. And we always told Steph or anyone else on this podcast, you know, if this isn't worth your time, this is. Yeah. You know, we've had the conversation. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's our free time. This is after work. You know, we all are working full time. And, and like Mike said, you know, we're putting money into it. We're not getting money out of it. So it, it's a pure passion thing. So if you've. I mean, I can't imagine there's any listeners that was here from day one because they'd have to be family, maybe yeah. Christine or somebody or, you know, a brother or sister or a cousin or something has been listening from way back then. But, you know, it, it's 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 really kind of a thrilling thing to to say you've done something for a decade. You yeah, know? I'm and, actually I'm proud of it, man. We've done this this long, honestly. I know sure. it's like a, some, it's just a fun little thing. Like, you know, just I talk about it. People, what do you you know, we I got employees of our of a mine who I think have checked the podcast out and stuff, which is horrifying at times. But it's something we just do for fun, man. If nothing else, it's an excuse for us all to talk once a week about something we like, you know. So for sure. Anyway, and then we uh, made, and then Mike probably probably missed the stuff we like at the end, not having that because that that's something that we did add in to to actually, you know, sometimes when MMA isn't as, as thrilling or as involved as we want it to be, we could still have a little time you, to carve out. That's stuff that's that also why that, that episode is fifty two minutes. That's also right. why. Yeah, no, what, when we like stop we, we, if you guys, well, you know, we don't really make a lot of evergreen content here because uh, everything we say, we always joke that our podcast has like a shelf life of like three days. Honestly, a lot of times based on MMA news. Um, at best a week. Um, but if you want to go check out some of the, a lot of the fun we were having was when we were doing brackets 
uh, early pandemic when we were just ranking movies and like ranking snacks and ranking TV shows and doing March Madness brackets and stuff like that. It's in the archives, guys. Check it out. That's some, that's some of the most fun we had was with nothing going on, you know, before, but, you know, and I, I, I want to go back and find the episode where Mark and I almost started crying laughing when we heard the UFC was trying to go to the Tachi Palace to carry <laughs> MMA fights. I don't know why, right. but Mark and I both lost it at that nonsense. Um, all right, let's pick some fights here. Um, before we pick, yes, I'm not just saying this because I'm definitely in the lead now, but Mike, what are the, uh, what are we doing in the, uh, standings? After an impeccable 5-0 and week from you and a very good 4-1 week from Mark, you. Uh, you have uh, catapulted into a tie for first place with Mark at 16-5. Yeah. yeah, don't forget, Bobby, you were behind me, okay? You don't just catapult. You know what? I'm out here making moves, point. baby. I'm making moves. <laughs> me and me and Chalk shit the bed at 2-3 and three this uh, this past weekend. So we are sharing the cellar at 14-7. and seven. All right. Um, this is another pretty decent card. They're in Columbus, Ohio. So not the Apex. We were supposed to get, as I mentioned, which was honestly going to be a bit of a banger there. Um, former champ Jan Blachowicz taking on young Alexander Rakic. Um, but um, Jan got hurt, actually hurt, not just COVID and the UFC calling it medical reasons. Um, and they, I know they're going to try to... Um, Rebook the fight. Both men are really into doing it again. Um, main event we got instead: Curtis Blades versus Chris Daukus. Um Marcus, I mean Mike, do you have the betting line for this one? I do. Uh, well, I did actually. I don't have it up anymore. That's my bad. Hold on, give me a sec. All right, here we go. Professional uh, Curtis Blade. Uh, professional. That's mm-hmm. correct. Uh, Curtis, I had I had the other best fight odds up. It's my bad. Uh, Curtis Blades is a pretty heavy favorite at negative three six five based off DraftKings. Okay, so we're at plus two something here with uh with the former police officer. The former Popo is plus two eighty. I mean, he might still be a cop, actually. I uh, think I think he actually uh, resigned. Oh, he did before before the Derek Lewis fight. Then Derek Lewis killed him. Um. Interesting choice of words. Um, I don't like Chris Dalkus at this weight class, man. He's 236 pounds. That's if you're sub 240, you better be fucking just like huge and shred and like just shredded. And he's not. This man's a light heavyweight. I know he's six foot three. Might be a tough way to get down there, you know. But Curtis Blades is gonna maul him. He's gonna get on top of him and maul him. Um, he's gonna get elbowed. He's gonna get punched. He's gonna get finished. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, I got Blades, too. Um, it's tough to pick against him. You know, he, he's solidified himself as a top contender at heavyweight. I think, you know, somewhere in those, like, top five, top seven. And I just haven't seen that from Chris. You know, we saw his one fight with Derek Lewis, which did not go super well for him. So, yeah, I got Blades in this one. Mike, I'm assuming clean sweep. Clean sweep. Blades will be taken to this ground within the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, man, Curtis Blades, is he's 15 wins. And three times getting clipped. Two by Francis, one by uh one by Derek Lewis. A guy gets on a run, gets knocked out. Um Well, his problem is he keeps losing to good fighters. Well, he also beats a lot of good fighters, bro. You know. Biggie Boy, Volkov, JDS, Alistair Overy, Mark Hunt, Olenek. He's pretty much beaten at this entire weight class. Except uh, those two guys. Um 
Co-main event, Joanne Wood, formerly Joanne Calderwood um, of Syndicate MMA, taking on Alexa Grosso of Lobo Gym. Um, JoJo is coming into this fight, a favorite of this podcast, of course. JoJo coming in, having lost three or four. The last one, taking an ass, kicking at the hand of Talio Santos that all of us kind of predicted, given how good Miss Santos is. Um, Alexa Grosso. Um... Since joining Flyweight, 2-0, wins over Ji Yoon Kim and Macy Barber, both decisions, last having defeated Ms. Barber about a year ago. Um, she was going to fight Vivian Arujo back in... First, these, these, these young women were supposed to fight first in uh, November of last year. Uh, she got hurt. Talia came in, beat up Joanne Calderwood. Um, Grasso was supposed to fight in January. Opponent got hurt. Uh, now we got rescheduled with JoJo. Mike... Uh, Pretty big favorite here in Miss uh, Miss Grasso, right? That is correct. She is at negative two thirty five to Joanne Woods uh, plus one ninety. Yeah, I'm gonna take Grasso here. I think that she's found the right class for her. I like JoJo a lot. She's very just seems like the sweetest person, and it's nice that she seems to have found some personal happiness and fulfillment. Um, I think that she's just gonna be on the wrong end of a of a loss here. I just think this is a tough one for her. Uh, Mike, what do you think? She may have found some personal fulfillment, but she will not find professional accomplishment in this fight. I'm going with Alexa Grasso. Mark, you going to clean the sweet, clean it, keep it going, or you got to go? Yeah, way? yeah. I, I think you guys put it pretty well. I, I got Grasso on this one as well. All right. Uh, humming along here. Um, next one we are picking is Askar Askarov versus Kaikara Fra France. Um, Askar, have, have Askar, you guys have you guys seen Askar fight? Because yeah. I can't remember seeing him fight. Yeah, that. you're gonna regret. Well, I'm gonna see if you're gonna change your pick that you sent me earlier because Askarov fourteen oh one one, the Dagestani representative of this oh. weight class. Um, oh, no, man's no, got no. a gold medal in the Deaf Olympics. Is he deaf? What? Uh, I think he's deaf. Hmm? Born That's not deaf. Stop his wrestling. Born deaf. He can only hear twenty percent of sounds. Can't hear his opponent. Can't hear his uh, teammate. He can't hear his team really during fights. Fourteen zero and one. Last fought last March. Uh, Miss weight. Beat up Joseph Benavides. Um, Fourteen wins. Four knockouts. Seven submissions. Three decisions. His only one that he didn't have a win was a draw against the current against the former champion, Brandon Moreno. Um, Kaikara France coming off of a big, big win over Cody Garbrandt. Despite what some people think of Cody Garbrandt, that's still a big fucking scalp to have on your record. Um, performance bonus for him there. Back-to-back -back performance bonuses for France. Um, he's a big underdog for this one, Mike. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, Askar Askarov is a negative 320 uh, underdog uh, favorite. And Car Car France is plus two fifty. Wow, only twenty percent hearing in one year, huh? Wow. Sounds like it. That's rough. Um, Mark, what do you think, man? The city kickboxing uh, vet here, uh, Kai Car France, is he going to find a way, or do you think they're going to get the Dagestani train going again? Yeah, I I'm going with Askar. Um, and when I first look at this fight, not really knowing much about Askar, I honestly don't remember seeing him fight all that much. But looking at his record is really what pushed me over the edge. You know, Kaikar France had a fantastic performance against Cody Garbrandt. It was a spectacular KO. Um, put him in talks of, of potentially getting a uh, title fight 
Um, but Askar has beaten Benavides, Alexander Potoja, which I think Potoja. Yeah, didn't he beat? Uh, He's probably he might be the real contender after Brand. I think Brandon's going to get a fourth shot fight, and then it's going to be. I think he's right there. Well, he lost to Askar, yeah. right? So if Askar wins this fight, I think he has you know cl clear claims there. So th th it was really those two that was like, oh, okay, this guy's legit. This guy's super legit. Um, and I am going to pick him to win. This I mean, fight. he's ranked number uh, two actually. So okay, yeah. So that, this yeah, this may, this might be it. Like this yeah, might so, be I mean, the next one. But you know, Kai, like you said, Bob is on you know a tear right now. He has to have a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence. Uh, not just that he beat Cody, but that he knocked him out. That he's coming off two. KO performances in the first round. Um, so Askar's going to have to do what he can to survive on the feet and drag this fight to the Kai to the better mat jump on him, honestly. Kai better jump yeah. on him. He's got to yeah, get but on I, him. But I'm going with Askar in this one. So Yeah, I'm going to take Askar also. I agree with what you're saying. I just think, I, I, I think Kai's great, but it's, this is a tough one, man. It's, I mean, it's, it literally seems like every weight class has one Dagestani coming quick for the championship. Um, Mike, earlier today when Mike thought he was going to miss the podcast, he gave us his picks and he said, Car car France and I'm like Mike didn't yeah. read Oscar Oscarov is we were gonna we were gonna get one on him that's what <laughs> yeah. I thought I've I've just heard his bio from you guys and it sounds like they're offering Kai car France up so yeah I'm changing my pick I'm going with the Dagestani and also look the Dagestanis have been on a roll over the last few months okay and you gotta ride the hot hand okay that's what I've learned from my gambling and also what I've also learned from my gambling since it became legal in New York. I yep. am a odds whore. If I see plus nine hundred, I'm putting ten bucks on it. But that's besides the point. Um, this next fight here, I think last time I looked was a pick'em, but I'm expecting some maybe some money changes that eventually, Mike. But is this still so a pick'em? It's 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 a slight pick'em on. Oh, what's going on here? Um, on DraftKings, uh, Brian Barberina is a slight favorite at minus one fifteen to Matt Brown's minus one hundred five. Did it change? Um, I got I minus one. I got I, minus one ten. I haven't updated it since uh, oh. since like an hour ago. Maybe oh. it has. Okay. Anyway, yes, it's changed. Uh, it's a pick'em now. Yeah, Matt uh, Matt Brown, Brian Barberina. Uh, Brian Brian Barina of Montclair, California, coming into this fight. He wins some, he loses some, baby. He's 16 and 8, coming off a win, a win over Darian Weeks. Um, he is 0 and 2 against guys with Wikipedia pages in his last four fights, 2 and 0 with guys without him. Um, Matt Brown, if you've watched it, watch UFC, you know who Matt Brown is. Uh, Matt Brown, uh, snapped a two fight losing streak, beating up Diego Lima. He fucking killed him with that punch, if I remember correctly. Um, I look, I'm just gonna make my pick now. This fight's in Columbus, Ohio. Matt Brown's gonna sleep in his own bed, baby. I'm taking Matt Brown, Mark. Yeah, I think this is kind of a tough fight. I mean, Matt Brown has kind of forever been a journeyman, um, throughout his career. You know, he's had some good stretches there. Um, and right now he's kind of in one of those up down scenarios. Um, Brian Barbarino. It's kind of in a similar spot where he's getting a couple wins here and there, but just hasn't been able to consistently get W's. Um, I don't even know if it's the home field advantage. I just feel like Matt Brown's going to be able to grit and grit this one out a little bit more and get a decision. So I'm going with Brown. Mike, we're sweeping it. We're all going Brown. Jesus Christ, Mike. What has Brown done for us? Mike, come on, man. You're losing. You got to make a move here. Come on. It is March. Okay? Yo, we're gonna clean sweep. The we're gonna clean sweep this whole thing. 
Is that what's about to happen? <laughs> and look, look, I'm trying new tactics this year. All right. I'm going with my head, not my heart. And in this case, I'm going a little with both because I like Matt Brown. You know, didn't he survive heroin or some shit? He did. He only well, barely. His thing, his heart stopped and he came back. Um, well, you know. All right. Man's last one. We're gonna, life. Last one. We're going to pick my man, the sledgehammer. Elar Latifi, a man that Mike thought he was Iranian up until like two hours ago. Um, <laughs> we're making our picks, and Mike thought he was going to mix the podcast, and Mike's like, I got the Iranian in this one, and I'm looking, and I'm like, well, he has to mean, he has to mean uh, Latifi because the other guy's name is Alexi. And I'm like, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, if you say Latifi in like an Iranian accent, it probably sounds Iranian, right? I mean, okay, buddy. Thank you. Day after Persian New Year. I really appreciate that. Um, Albanian, actually. I, I don't know what Latifi's doing at heavyweight, Mark. I have no fucking idea what he's doing at this weight class. Alexei Alonik is six foot two, 240 pounds. Elar is listed at 5'10. He's not 5'10. That man's not 5'10. Okay? That man is five foot eight. Betting odds, Mike. Uh, your countryman is a slight Jesus favorite. <laughs> At minus one seventy, so Alexei is plus one fifty. I mean, look, he's my guy. I just don't know how he's gonna reach him. But I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take my dude Elar Latifi. This is where I slip again. Mike, who do you got? I've I've got Latifi as well. Okay, Mark. I'll split it here. I got Alexi. Um, I mean, it's it's tough to. I mean, Alexi's coming off three losses. Um. You could even are they even legitimate heavyweights? One of them's Chris Dacus, who you know at the top of this we mentioned is kind of small for the weight division. Um, I'm just giving it to Alexi because I feel like he's got the experience. Um, you know, he has almost like three times as much fights as um, Latifi does, and yeah, I, I never really got a good skill set of what Latifi does well. Maybe wrestling, but that's not going to come in handy for Alexi. So I'm not really sure. I think he, what like, he what he does well is he looks like a mailbox. That's that's it. And to and to close out this fight, as Latifi was probably telling his family yesterday, Shana Tova. What language is that, Mike? Isn't that Farsi? I looked up Happy New Year in Farsi. Is that not Farsi? No. No. Not at all. Okay. No, not even close. (laughs) That was even Google really let me down there. Yeah. Just wanna say hey uh Salah no Mobarak to uh all my Iranians out there, baby. All right. That's not that's not what I said. You didn't even get close. Not even close. I thought you were trying to speak Albanian. Um something we're going to introduce folks. This is the official It's M Amazing parlay this week, which is just the fights we agreed on. So we're taking Curtis Blades, Askar Askarov. Did we all take Alaska Grasso? Did we all agree on fucking everything except the, the final fight? The only fight? thing we yeah. didn't agree on is your country. We all took Matt Oliver. Brown in a pickup fight? That's right. Yeah. All right. So picking those four fighters plus 356. So All right. That's, that's not bad. You got to get four fights. Or that is, If this was football, you had to pick four so, games right. You would have been fucking gotten 100 uh, to 1. A hundred okay. each? What are we what are we thinking, guys? Okay, Come yeah, on. okay. We're gonna go nah. into the it's we're gonna reach cool. into the it's M amazing coffers and um cool hundy, guys. Come yeah, on. okay. Guys, guys, uh, five Yo, bucks. We are we are ten years into this podcast. We can afford a hundy. Come on, guys. Again, Mike, if we're making a profit on this thing, then maybe we could throw out some profit money. This is I got five bucks. Expensive. I got five bucks and all the profits I've earned over the last ten years, Mike. Okay. That's my total contribution. Um, yeah, we're going to try to keep track. I'm going to see if, you know, if we, if 
our parlays ever hit with our I really don't like this Matt Brown fight in here, guys. Just saying. <laughs> just well, saying. you can pick Brian, right? Why don't you and pick just, Brian and get it out of there? Nah, there's no payout on this thing if we don't have the Matt Brown fight. It's like one. It's like not even doubling our money. Um, all right. Um, so also, just to make sure, I will be putting in the, because I'm the only one that lives in New York, mm-hmm. where betting is legal, I will be putting in these picks every Friday. Okay. All right. If you remember. Yeah. That, that's why I'm telling you now, so that you Somebody for the love of God, remind him. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Card is subject to change. Card is that's right. We might lose a fight in this, and Mike um, is subject to forget. Mike mm-hmm. is likely to forget. Um, all right, so um, that's all we're picking uh, this week. Uh, let's do uh, stuff we like, and then call it a call it an episode. Um, Marcus, what do you got this week? Yeah, not much on the docket for stuff we like this week. Um, the only thing I guess I, I want to spotlight is uh, Easy Allies, uh, a YouTube channel that I've mentioned quite often on the podcast, is doing their big, I think it's been seven years for them, so we even eclipse them, so good on us. Um, and they do a big kind of fundraising thing. Um, what's kind of sad about it, though, is they did mention um, when they were doing their kind of scheduling for the event that's going on this week as you're listening to it, uh, Brandon Jones, who basically is the founder of ga- uh, Game Trailers, um, and then Game Trailers eventually, when I got you know bought out and sold or whatever, uh, became Easy Allies, um, is retiring, which is really sad. Um, I've mentioned a couple times, you know, how big of a fan I am of the channel, and it's been going through some rough spots. Mostly when Kyle Bossman left, I think they lost you know a big portion of their fan base because he was a huge talent that they lost and Brandon Jones is literally the voice of that channel. He does all the VO for all their reviews, which is probably like kind of like their big um, cash cow for them. They get a lot of their views from. Uh, so him leaving is, is unfortunate, but he is retiring. You know, he had basically said it has been 20 years since he started game trailers. So it was time for him to, you know, try something else, uh, you know, and see what else is out there for him. So, you know, best of luck to him. Um, and I guess in that same vein, I did watch Kyle Bossman, who I, also talk about and, and recommend and got Steph onto his bandwagon, um, started playing the pixel remaster, the pixel perfect remaster of final fantasy six. Um, and I knew that square was doing these, these pixel perfect remasterings, but I haven't really looked into it or watched anyone play it. And having watched Kyle play eight hours, eight hours of six, they're actually pretty good. You, 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 you peaked, you really peaked my interest when I heard final mm-hmm. fantasy six, Please mm-hmm. tell me more about this remake of Final Fantasy VI. Uh, I believe it's only on mobile and maybe PC. I'm not totally sure if it's on Steam, uh, but they have re-released the you know older Final Fantasy games before, um, and I've kind of botched it. I think when they released six on Steam a couple years ago, they kind of changed the art style. Um, they tried to like modernize it a little bit, and it just didn't. It look looked good. shitty. It, it looked yeah, horrible. and people really didn't like it. So the this round of these pixel perfect is what they're kind of calling this little series. And I think they've done like one, two, four, five, and six. Maybe I'm not totally sure which ones they picked to, to redone. Um, they're basically keeping the original art style and just cleaning up some of the background images. Um, and it seems like, or adding special effects. Uh, it seems like the things that they've cleaned up or improved are actual improvements, you know, whereas they thought they were, you know, modernizing these old pixely games before and, and kind of butchered them and kind of, you know, 
turned the fan base off because they didn't look like the originals. But now they're really keeping in part with what the originals look like and just adding little flourishes here and there to kind of modernize them to a bit. And yeah, I watched Kyle Bossman play eight hours of six, which is widely contested by many people to be the best Final Fantasy game. You know, I think six, seven, yeah, six and seven. And then some people say nine, 10, you know, those are kind of like the high contenders. So to get an actual kind of not like a remastering where it's like they're changing or a remake where they're like drastically changing what the game is, but just to get it kind of modernized to, I, I think this is really what people wanted when they released them a couple of years ago was not to change the art style, but just improve upon it where they could. Um, and from what I saw, it's, it's good. Like it, it's, it's what you want a um, like for them to re-release a game to, to do in that extent. So yeah, outside of that, I really don't have much this week. Um, unfortunately, I'm still playing Elden ring a lot. Um, and didn't really catch anything on, you know, any of the streaming services that's really noteworthy. So that's all I got. Um, I don't really have a lot either, man. I was sick most of this last week and I really, I mean, Persian new year was on Sunday, celebrated that. Um, again, shout out to all my, my Iranians out there. It's our favorite holiday. Of course, it's over. Jesus Christ. I, I took Mike to a Persian New Year thing once, and this is what he's giving me back. It's a sad part. Um, he's trying. I'll give him that. I, it's not I even the Googled. right one. I mean, it, it told me, you know, Farsi. That's, that's not that's not a thing. Um, yeah, I was watching old Scott Hall stuff, honestly, a lot of this past week. Um, he's literally just the coolest motherfucker ever to be in wrestling. Just as simple as that. I was. I just watched that like the one the thing where like he's like posing in the ring, and somebody hits him in the head with a fucking Pepsi. And he just takes his, like, he just wipes his hand back and slicks his hair back with his being wet and just is like, look at me, bitch. Like, what are you going to say? Like, I I know when people die, you tend to, I don't know what, it's, what the word for it is for. You almost lionize. just like, you lionize the, yeah, you lionize the dead. And I hope that's not what people are doing here. But, like, it's really just hard to, like, put in the words how important this man was. Just alone from, like, financially what he did for these wrestlers. And, like, he wasn't about himself. This man literally got a money, big money deal to go to WCW. And the first thing he did is he called his buddy, uh, Kevin Nash, up and said, hey, you should do this, too. And that immediately took away from him. Like, he imme- it would have been just him. And, no, he's like, he brought over a bigger star with him that would take away from his own star, too, because he recognized this as an opportunity. He's a very giving performer, man. And, you know, I watched a 1-2-3 kid pin him on Monday Night Raw, which, I mean... Monday Night Raw used to just be uh, mostly jobbers. Like, you'd, it'd be like one real match, and then, like, you know, Bret Hart would beat some dude's ass that you never heard of before. And that's what the one, two, three, what his name was The Kid. And Razor Ramon wrestled The Kid, Razor Ramon being Scott Hall's moniker at the time. And, you know, and then The Kid hit him with a moonsault and pinned him. And, like, that was all his idea. You know, he wanted to do that for Sean Waltman, for The Kid, who just ended, who ended up being one, two, three kid. Uh, later known as Six, uh, eventually X-Pac being his more well-known moniker. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and then you heard some stuff that Scott really wasn't doing that great at the end of his life. I mean, this last year, pandemic really did it to him, kind of fell off the wagon. But, you know, I hope, you know, I mean, he'll never know it, but, you know, people really think the world of him, and his death really affected a lot of people. But, yeah, I was watching a bunch of Scott Hall stuff this past week. That was mostly what I was doing. That was that was basically it. Yeah, and, to, and, th- to, and shout out to Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker bleeding all over the place in that really cool match on Wednesday. I thought it was really good, that cage match. 
personally. I'm not big no. on tax, but I thought it was a good match. Um, I think it might be slightly overdone now in AEW. I think I've seen like tax come out like three or four times in the last year. I think they really thought they had to over they had to make like they had to like match the last match they had the um the one a year ago where they both bled like all over match. the place too. Yeah, where Britt said she's the hardcore legend and stuff. Look and like I know Britt's title reign at the end wasn't great. I mean, it kind of got a little repetitive of what was happening, but I think they wanted to get to this moment with Thunder Rosa winning the title in front of her adopted hometown. That's all I really got, man. Mostly wrestling talk. Mike, I hope you got something good. Uh, I I don't know if it's great, but um, to piggyback a bit more on uh, Razor Ramon, Mm -hmm. um, I had completely forgotten that um, he was the one that got a... that he he got Sean Waltman over Sean Waltman yeah. was it one yeah. two kid yeah um I forgot he was the one that that he he had pinned um mm-hmm. I had read somewhere that he had had almost the exact same match with some young Japanese kid like in two thousand or two thousand one mm-hmm. to give that guy like the same rub over in Japan so mm-hmm. he apparently was a very giving giving wrestler um in that aspect uh, and one thing you told me last week was that you know he was very in tune with the business like he knew what he was there to do especially in his uh partnership with uh with diesel it was he's gonna get beat up and then he gets the big man the hot tag um, yeah the big man thought- scott also is six foot eight by the way i like he's got to feature the big man the guy who's seven foot tall you know <laughs> but um one other thing on scott hall um one thing i thought was uh i don't know but poignant but it stuck with me it was one thing that uh mike ryan from the uh dan levitar sh- show said uh, you know, Cuban Cuban guy from from Miami, and he tweeted last week, Razor Ramon was cultural appropriation. Every Miami Cuban kid my age was cool with. Miami icon. Scott Hall was so ahead of his time, he ushered in a new time because he wasn't going to wait for the times to catch up. So one of the rare times that someone <laughs> pretending to be another race was okay. Dude, he's as Cuban as me, okay? He was not even a little bit Cuban. Um, he was as Cuban as a uh, as uh, Al Pacino. Yeah, Scarface. exactly. He was just doing Scarface. Also, do you think there's any? Do you think Vince McMahon even knew what Scarface was? He didn't. Yeah, um, that sounds right. I, I read this week <laughs> that when Scott Hall went to pitch, like, "Hey, I want to do this character that's uh, you know like a Scarface," and Vince McMahon had no idea what Scarface was. And I mean, something else that came out was that uh, Scott Hall gave the gave Sting the Crow character. He came up with it for him. Because Sting wasn't the Crow until 1990, late 96, 97. Sting was like low-rent Ultimate Warrior, wasn't he? I mean, they were tag team partners ah. before they got there. No, Sting was like bleach blonde hair. He was a surfer dude, really. And um, Scott Hall told him. Scott Hall, I think he said, I told him, I'm not saying rip off Taker, but, you know, there's this movie, The Crow, do that, but be The Undertaker. And then that was the most successful Sting has ever been, you know? Probably eight years after his first title, uh, world title win. So, anyway, yeah, we just ended up talking about Scott Hall. That's I, yeah. I talked a lot about Scott Hall this week. Uh, just quick thing that I well, I don't know if I'll like it yet. So this is going to be a preliminary, a patented Michael TBD. I like. So I finally made a decision on what e bike I'm going to get. So I plunked down about fifteen hundred bucks last night, and it should be getting into the next day or two. Did you get a Supra? Nice. I did not. I got a a Koala Sports Dolphin. Um, not exactly uh, twenty inch rims. Uh, not exactly like the skinny city city tires, but not exactly fat tires either. So somewhere in the middle. 
Are we talking uh, about the same thing though? When I said a Supra, did that sound familiar to you? That's the Supra. That's a company that does these too. I'm assuming that was a bike company. And it looks kind of like almost like a dirt bike. It looks almost like with like a motor in it. No, doesn't look like that. It's looks more like a bike you would just use in the city. Okay. Um, so looking forward to it mainly because uh, Sandra is somewhere in Ontario, California, on its way to Chino, California, to get repaired. So I'll be without her for about another month, and I don't want to keep taking the train. What happened to Sandra? I rode Sandra in like negative 20 degrees Celsius weather for about a week straight, and it completely fucked up my battery. And I'm hoping that the Segway company is doesn't listen to this podcast, because that will definitely void my warranty. <laughs> okay. Um all right. All, all uh, jokes, segue. If you're listening, yeah, I, I was. That. I was. I thought I was going to come on the podcast this week and talk about how much I like uh, the Lakers show on HBO Max, but I watched the first two episodes and I'm not sure if I like it. They just talk to the dude. They break the fourth wall a lot. Everybody mm. on the show breaks the fourth wall. It's real weird. I but, also heard that the people that knew that. I mean, I, I speak as if Jerry West isn't still with us, but uh, people say that the way that they're making Jerry West look just isn't accurate like where he's just a total dick i don't think he's a dick in the show as much as he just looks like he's gonna have a heart attack at all points he's so angry um i don't know it's it's i don't know i'm gonna watch another episode tonight i'll have a verdict next week maybe sure. okay um that's it folks thank you all for listening to the show uh happy 10 year anniversary to our podcast man uh we're 474 yeah. episodes this is 474 right here so um we'll be back next week and next week, we're going to talk about the results of this uh, this fight card, and we're going to preview UFC 273 and see if anybody's got the balls to pick Aljamain Sterling against Peter Yan. It's mm. going to be hard to do that. Um, but Volkanovsky, Zombie, Gilbert Burns, Chimeyev, right there. there uh, Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie Dern, Tisha Torres, Kelvin yeah. Gastelum versus Nasserdeen, Imavov. I okay. Um Irene Aldana, Aspen Lad, Biggie Boy versus Marcin Tybura, Mickey Gall still in the UFC, Olympian Mark Matson's in the UFC still fighting. Fucking pay-per-view, guys. Get get hyped. Um and that's not even next week. They're skipping a week. Goddamn. I just caught that. UFC not no. running a card against WrestleMania. Mike are gonna, Mike and I are gonna preview WrestleMania. I hope Mike watches these shows. Cause I don't know what's happening with a lot of them. Um, well, I, I didn't even have Ron in the background right now, so. Dude, I'm I'm, no. I'm in for WrestleMania just to watch Stone Cold. That's it. Stone Cold and Pat McAfee. All right. Back next week. Thank you all for listening. I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. Peace out. See ya. Peace.